It's the last week of January, and all sports talk is focused on one thing right now. What are the Orioles and Rays doing? I think there's some other games we're played this weekend. And actually, believe it or not, while this is not a football podcast, I am going to bring up a question about the Super Bowl, and specifically about Philadelphia and Kansas City fans. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, just look at my lower third. Why would that lie to you? You can just call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for the last you know, decade or so. I don't know when I started. And I've been here at the Lockdown Podcast Network for the last five years. It's been a lot of fun. Follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, or subscribe to us on the YouTubes. But it is our weekly meetup, mashup, combo, what are we calling it, crossover, with this Bajika Loop right over there. Please introduce yourself, Bajika Loop. Yep, Bajika Loop here, Miller Thomas, host of Locked on Diamondbacks. Been doing the baseball podcast thing now since 2020 anniversary, probably just passed or is coming up. And you can follow us on everything, of course, on Twitter. Follow my personal account, at CreatorThomas24. Follow the show account, Locked on Diamondbacks, both Twitter, Instagram. Just type in the little search bar. And please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. All right, well, look at uh, as I said, as I hinted at the little tease there, I am going to bring up something regarding the Super Bowl, but that, that, that'll that be towards the end. I do want to say <clears throat> that two moves happened, or actually a couple of moves happened over the last couple of days that kind of went under the wire. Yes, the big news that Carlos Correa signed. Actually, it was big news with what teams he didn't sign with uh, this offseason. Uh, who got Aaron Judge? Who got Carlos Rodon? Who got Justin Verlander? Who got Trey Turner? Big names bouncing all over the place. And there was a lot of frustration amongst Baltimore Oriole fans, uh, including your pal Connor, who hosts uh, Lockdown Orioles. And they made an interesting trade. They traded for Cole Irvin. Cole Irvin is a pitcher for the Oakland A's. Cole Irvin wanted more than $9.20 an hour. Therefore, he was traded from the Oakland A's. Cole Irvin is not an, you know, a Cy Young Award winner at this point. But he is an innings eater. He is a solid pitcher. The Orioles put into their rotation, under the wire, a pitcher who gives you good starts, gives you a bunch of innings will fill a spot in that rotation. And it's the exact kind of move that a franchise like the Orioles needs to make. I mean, the main thing the Orioles need to do, in my humble opinion, was make a big splash at one point. I thought they should have been in on Correa. If not Correa, then Xander Bogarts. If not Xander Bogarts, then Dansby Swanson or Trey Turner or someone like that. I think they have a need shortstop. But at this point, I think Ripken could start for this team. But... They need to do something to say to their fans, hey, 
we know we've stunk for a while. And last year out of the blue, we had a winning season and kind of was on the periphery of the wild card for a while. Now they made a move. Again, it wasn't the sexiest of moves, but it's the kind of move that makes you go, huh, okay, they're filling holes, they're filling needs. And a lot of times the moves that are made that are not the big attention grabbers are the ones that turn up to be really, really big moves by the end of the year. What I like about this move is one of the things that you improve your team, one of the ways you improve your team is you make sure there are as few holes in the rotation as possible. If you're trying to build a bullpen, one way to build your bullpen is to have starting pitchers who don't need to be pulled in the third. So while it wasn't the sexiest move and didn't get the most press, I really am a big fan of this move because it shows that they're saying, okay, what are the places that we could fill in? What are the spots that we can fill in effectively? And if I'm a Baltimore fan, uh, am I looking at this as if, oh, my God, this puts us over the top? No, but I am saying it shows that the front office is at least looking into building upon what was a feel-good season of 2022. What do you think? Yeah, we know Cole Irvin is not going to come in because we're going to talk about the Cy Young Award race later. He's not going to be on that leaderboard. He's not going to no. not going to bet him to win the Cy Young Award. But what he is and what the Orioles have been doing this offseason is just adding some floor raisers, adding some big-time established veterans to that roster because you look at their rotation the last couple of years, some of the dudes that were routing out that Baltimore Orioles roster – Probably shouldn't be in the major leagues. And Cole Irvin is at least an above average major league pitcher. And he wasn't the only type of move that they made this offseason that was like this because they also added a Kyle Gibson from the Philadelphia Phillies, who is just another one. Both of these guys are going to be like your number three, number four, number five starters in your rotation. They're not going to go out there and blow people away, but they're established stabilizing forces for a young rotation. When you got the Dean Kramers and the Kyle Brandishes, this is a young rotation. Angel want those guys to be bridge gap players for this next iteration of Baltimore Orioles baseball. And think about what you're also having on there. What what that what that also builds upon. One of the players who's their foundation is Adley Rutschman, their young catcher. So give Adley Rutschman some legitimate major league pitchers throwing to him. I think helps him helps him improve and become an established major league catcher who's you know who's receiving real major leaguers. It's a point that you and I have made in this podcast a bunch, which is, look it, if you can't put a superstar at every position, at least put a major leaguer there. At least have it be that there's someone, when you say there are people on the roster who should not have been in the major leagues, implies there are people who should be in the major leagues who are out of a job, who should be having said job. The more major leaguers Baltimore has in their rotation, the more times they is he an ace? No. Is he the second coming of you know Verlander, you know, Scherzer in their prime? No. But when they're on the mound, you don't think, oh God. Or you think, oh Jesus, this must be a bullpen game. You know, a lot of, you know, it should be you say, Hey, look at Kyle Gibson, who I saw nearly throw a no hitter last year when I went to my game that I went to at Citizens Bank Ballpark in Philadelphia, you know. Cole Irvin gives him another pitcher. And keep in mind, he is only, he's 29. Excuse me, I had to scratch my nose. Um, He doesn't miss a start. 
He pitches to a good ERA. And you know you're going to get a okay start from him. And yeah. if you have a bunch of pitchers giving you okay starts, then you have an opportunity to win in 2022 more than you lose. And the Baltimore Orioles could easily do the thing because we know the Gunnar Hendersons and the Adley Rutschmans, they're going to get opportunities regardless. So right. it's very easy for Baltimore to come into this season and say, look, we're not trying to win the World Series anyway. Why not just tank? And outside those really young players, just put the worst players we can at those positions and just try to lose. But instead, they're signifying that we're not just trying to establish a losing culture for these young guys to develop in. We're at least going to have real Major League veterans at those positions of need, at those positions of weakness. So when the Rutschmans and the Gunnar Hendersons do make mistakes, you have veterans there already in place that could show them the ropes and teach them the correct things that they need to do to help win ball games eventually because I, I would rather be in that situation with my young players that the Baltimore's in than trying to develop somebody in like the Cincinnati Reds right now with what they're doing with kind of the products that they're putting on the field or the Oakland A's like it's hard to develop good quality players when you're really not trying to win games at all at least Baltimore are now making moves that showing you yeah we may not be trying to win the World Series but not we're not trying to be the worst team in baseball at the same time either. well they broke through and had a winning year I mean, that they've been so bad recently that they're now saying, okay, let's build on a foundation where we've won more than we lost last year. And so then you build that, if you build upon that, then you're aiming for mid-80 wins. And then by 2025, you're aiming for high-80, low-90 wins. The other team I'll bring up is another American League East team, which is Tampa Bay. Now, did they make a big splash move? No. Did they make yeah. a big, huge acquisition? No, but they did th – they've done uh, two, and they're adding a third extension. They're adding extensions to some of their players. They've extended reliever Pete Fairbanks. They've extended pitcher Jeffrey Springs. And now it looks like they're trying to add a contract extension to Yandy Diaz. Now, does this extent do these extensions make them more valuable trade chips? I don't know, but one thing it is doing is they're saying, yes, Tampa, who went to the World Series in 2020, um, made the playoffs in should have they were the only 100 win team in the American League. They got upset by the Red Sox in 2021. They got decimated with injuries. Their team that they fueled for most of the year was a shell of its former self, and yet still made the playoffs that they could look at their pretty much, I would say they're closer to the 2021 team that won 100 games than they are the team that stumbled into one of the wildcard spots and got nearly completely shut out by Cleveland over two games. And what if I'm a Tampa fan, and I'm not, but if I'm a Tampa fan, it's encouraging for me to say, hey, at least some of the players are sticking around, that they're going into this year acknowledging that they're probably closer to the World Series team and the 100-win team than to the team last year because the team – you looked at the team that was playing against Cleveland those two games. Virtually, they were just – virtually none of the players they were expecting to be on that team were there. So if they're saying, hey, 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 last year was a fluke. We're going for it this year. Show up to Tampa Bay. And do you want – and I've said it on the show before. I'll say it again. I love Rays fans. And Rays fans who show up are some of those passionate fans of the world. And the Rays fans who show up, 
I have a ton of respect for because they never get the credit for showing up. Okay? You're never going to hear me trash Ray's fandom. The ones who show up and are told that they don't exist and still love their team, they've got great TV ratings there. They just have the wrong ballpark at the wrong place. But that yeah. being said, uh, the the extensions of Springs and of Fairbanks, it looks like the extensions soon of Diaz. Are they world-breaking contract extensions? Of course not. But what they are is a sign that the Rays have an eye and having a better year. I mean, I respect the extensions, but Tampa Bay is just one of those teams where I know they're going to put a good product on the field. They're going to win a whole bunch of regular season games, but the fact that they never go out in the offseason and spend real money, yeah, they might retain their guys, but when you have a bidding war over Zach Eflin to be like your highest paid free agent in like franchise history, you're just probably never going to win a World Series like that, and you could claim small market, you could claim their attendance ratings, but the fact is they never pour in the money into their team that you see most of these other teams do to produce the results of World Series. Yes, they made an appearance, but it was during that really weird truncated season. Outside of that, I never have any trust in Tampa Bay once they make the postseason. So I would like them to be a little bit more aggressive in the offseason. I think they have a good team. They have a really young rotation led by the McClanahan's and the Jeffrey Springs. You got Randy and Rosarina in their lineup as well, but you just look at their overall roster. Like, How many guys are you really scared of? Wander Franco looks like a potential superstar. They were able to get him early on a on a long-term deal, but I don't really see the blue chippers outside of a Wander Franco, maybe a Shane McClanahan, who I'm going to build a foundational you know, core around and build a World Series team. I think the Tampa Bay Rays are a fun regular season story, but I don't take them serious as a playoff team. Well, you're not putting any money on them. That's what mm -hmm. it sounds like. Hey, if you were going to put any money on them, is there a new place we're telling people to go to now? Yeah, there's only one place that I would go, Sully, and that, is, that? Fan, that is Fan Duel Sportsbook, baby. All right. Well, hey, do you want do you want me to talk about it? Or do you want me do you, you I mean, want to talk about it? I know you're a passionate guy about your sports betting, Sully. So if you want oh, to I, I, I love I love you. I'm, I'm I see I'm more just excited about FanDuel. You know why <laughs> they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel so you can bet on the Super Bowl 57, Kansas City. Philadelphia, nice late penalty there, Cincinnati. With a no-sweat first bet, you get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win, like, for example, if you bet on Cincinnati. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spread to who will score a touchdown. I bet they even have the coin toss. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe and secure and super easy to use. And best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. Am I going to put my money on Philly? Am I going to put my money on KC? I don't know enough about football. Philly looks pretty darn good. Anyway, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make Every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of who? The NFL. I wrote a new song. Wow, we might have our new Whopper jingle, Sully. Hey, um, 
let's we talked a little bit about FanDuel right there. We sold some mm-hmm. FanDuel right there. Why don't we take a look at some odds or some of your picks for some of the things going forward for 2023? Yes, because I got some odds pulled up here, Sully, and we'll just go through the top five. You can tell me how you like the order of the top five in terms of betting odds, and then I'll give you my favorite person for each category in terms of value, who I think you should be putting your money on, who I think has a realistic chance, but maybe a little undervalued in this fan duel. So let's start with the big-time award. We're going to start with the NL MVP. You might be surprised, maybe you won't be surprised, but the favorite and kind of the heavy favorite to win the NL MVP. Oh, let me guess. Can I guess? Can I guess okay, the heavy okay, favorite? Yeah. Okay, let, me, yeah, let, me see if, let me see if I can guess it. The heavy okay. favorite I'm going to say is probably going to be Manny Machado. That's a fun one, Sully. Manny Machado doesn't even crack the top five, but his That's teammate... Why- He's got a teammate, though, at number one. Do you want to get Oh, they have Juan Soto? Are they have Juan Soto at number one? Juan Soto, plus okay. 550 and the big-time favorite to win the NL MVP. I guess they think he's got to have a full year in San Diego. Doesn't have the – he's playing Washington where, you know, he's walked left and right. He's, he's, he's acclimated himself to the Padres situation. He's going to have uh, Xander Bogarts and Manny Machado and probably Fernando Tatis Jr. in that lineup with him. Off he goes. I could see that. I could see that. I mean, I went with Machado, who, by the way, has never won an MVP. Um, I would put him in there as well. But, hey, what do I know? And that's the only thing that would give me hesitancy with betting on Soto is the fact that he does have Manny Machado, a, a dude that could win the MVP as well. But, of course, we saw that not slow down Paul Goldschmidt last year. With I was about to say, that no, one, no yeah. one seemed to care about that. So. Yeah, I feel like it matters maybe more in basketball, but in baseball, no one cares. Number, do you want to guess? These two, these next two players are tied for number two and number three at plus 950, and I just mentioned one of them. Oh, um... Wait a second. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt. Yep, he's tied at number at two at nine. Number two, and probably going to be. Uh, uh, I'm going to say Mookie Betts. Oh, look at this guy, Sully Baseball. Number two, number three, Paul Goldschmidt, the reigning MVP. I guess he's mm-hmm. got to have good odds if you're the reigning yeah, MVP. Yeah. And then Mookie Betts. I mean, he's probably due. It seems like every other year Mookie Betts puts up an MVP type season. So maybe he does that this year with the Dodgers. Yeah, good thing the Red Sox have that trade, that uh, tax relief, though, because, you know, they, 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 they need a break. They need a break. They still got Connor Wong, right? He's still um, <laughs> in the organization or something from that deal. Jeter then Downs, that number DFA'd. Yeah, Jeter Downs DFA'd is uh, just insane. And they got Verdugo. Number four. Do you want to try to guess number four and number five? Um, five. Number four number five. It, it, would Bryce Harper be four? No, Bryce Harper, because I think he's coming off, what, that Tommy John surgery? My miss most right, of the year. He's okay. really low on the odds. Oh, well, then, then, then just tell me. Uh, <laughs> Ronald Acuna Jr. Look at this guy, Sully Baseball. I swear I'm not team. looking at it. I swear I'm not looking at it. I'm just trying to think of who, yeah. who, you know, who would be, you know, that type of player, you know. And t- uh, yeah, technically there's a few guys tied to Ronald Acuna Jr. Because okay. at plus 100, th- plus 1,000, you got Acuna uh, Jr. You Pete guess Alonso? Is Pete Alonso one of them? Mm, the Mets? Close. He's close. He's at plus fourteen hundred. Okay. Um, <laughs> hmm, I'm trying to think who else would be there. Um, but no one else in L. I mean, not Freddie Freeman. You thought he was going to be? You thought he was going to be the favorite? You mentioned him to start this exercise. Oh, Benny Machado. Yep, plus one thousand. Okay. And then okay. there's like two other people. Uh, is Freddie Freeman on there or no? He's on the list, but he's at plus thirteen hundred. Oh, it's Cattell Marte. Oh, I really wish it was Ketel Marte. I mean, he might be the best value on this list quietly. Jeez, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm – There's <laughs> so uh, many players. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to just sort of throw – you know, I can't – I, you know, it's not going to be Christian Yelich. 
No, um, Yelich is not a good bet. I would not. No. Um, Arnado. Yelich plus ten thousand tied with Scherzer. Yes, it is Arnado, and then Arnado, you have one okay. other guy at plus one thousand tied with. Uh, plus one thousand. Is it? It's a position player. It's not a pitcher, and, uh, right? Yeah, I'll give you a hint. He missed most of last season with a shoulder with a shoulder injury after a motorcycle accident, and then he was suspended for PEDs on top of it. Oh, Tatis Jr. Tatis Jr. All tied at plus wow. one thousand. Okay, yes. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. I think I have as good a chance of winning the MVP as as Tatis Jr.'s. But anyway, cool. All right. Um, yeah, all right. So that's like your top five ish, basically. I mean, there's a bunch of dudes tied at plus one thousand. But I think the most interesting player, honestly, when I look at this MVP list in the National League, I think the best value to me is that plus two thousand. I'm looking at Austin Riley, actually, of the Atlanta Braves, who has had a monster year back to back seasons. Acuna yep. has been in and out of that lineup. They're a pretty young team as well. Matt Olson, uh, or not Matt Olson, Freddie Freeman, no longer there. I think Austin Riley is slowly and could emerge as the face of that franchise. Acuna always seems to have a little friction sometimes with the fans or the front office. I don't know what's really going on there. So I like Austin Riley as put to, at plus 2,000 as potential MVP for the National League. I think that's good odds. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. All right. So let's, let's do the AL MVP. Okay. I think this one's pretty easy to guess. We want to guess the number one. Well, Trout, probably. Or Trout or Otani. Or Judge. It's easily Otani as the favorite at plus 220. Second is your guy that you just mentioned, Aaron Judge, and then Mike Trout, number three. So pretty easy. Otani is basically going to be your – if he continues to be an excellent offensive performer and even a serviceable pitcher, then he's always going to get the MVP unless someone has a historic season like Aaron Judge did last year. We're just going to, for the foreseeable future, if Otani remains an all-star level hitter and an all-star level pitcher, then there's nothing left to discuss. Yeah, Otani, it, it should take a historic season basically every year to for and, Otani. And, and, and the Judge's season last year was exactly the kind of season it would take to wrestle that away from him. So, um, I would have no compunction saying it's Otani until proven otherwise. Yeah. Um, you know, Judge, you have to. I would be. I would be slow to bet on Judge if we've seen anything in his career. He's he's been remarkable when he's healthy, but he's had some health. There have been times that he's been out of the lineup, and when you're a big lumbering, as as um, Bill Brewer said, Herman Munster looking player you're going to be susceptible to injuries. And I am I would be, you know, look, at I think he's going to have a fine season next year no matter what. But it would not stun me if we saw that he wound up playing 120 games. Yeah, Mike Trout's someone, too, that's been kind of injured. He's looked like an MVP when he's played, but he's also someone that's been in and out the lineup the last couple of years. Yeah. Mike Trout has. But, Sully, I think this list, because I think it's pretty easy to ask someone, name the top three favorites for MVP. I think everyone or most people guess Otani, Judge, and Trout. Mm-hmm. Number four, I think, is where it gets interesting, because I'll let you guess number four. He's the reigning, he's the reigning American League Rookie of the Year. Wait, who won the Rookie of the Year last year? Oh, oh, I, I lost track. I, I lost track of who won the rookie of the year. Hold on. I just, I just, I just blanked. I think I had a stroke. Um, wait, who the hell won the rookie of the year? They also broke their playoff drought after 21. Oh, 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 Julio Rodriguez. That's yeah. Right. Of there course. you go. Of course. Yes, oh, yes, Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. yeah. I actually was going to, I was going to, Julio Rodriguez was one of the names I was going to guess as a potential MVP. And then I'm like, wait, who, then, 
okay, the rookie of the year. I, so I, it's amazing. <laughs> my my memory of who won the rookie of the year in like the eighties and nineties is airtight, and now it's like who won it last year? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who won it last year? Yes, of course, of course. Julio Rodriguez is an absolutely great choice. Yeah, he's and, a fantastic and, choice. Yeah. He's at number four. Number five, Jordan Alvarez at plus 1,200. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That rounds out your top five. You got Vlad Guerrero at six. Jose Ramirez at seven. Is but, Rafi Devers on there at all or no? I was going to say, Sully, my favorite value, though, on this list at plus 3,500. He's like eighth on this list. Rafael Devers. Why not? The Red Sox are probably going to suck, but Mike Trout has showed us multiple times. Your team doesn't need to be good for you to win the MVP. Otani has also showed that. Yeah, Devers is going to be the main man in that lineup. And plus, the way pitchers are going to attack Devers, it's going to be even harder for him to get his offense because he's going to be the one everyone's keening in on. So if Devers puts up an MVP-type season with everyone knowing all these pitchers are pitching around Rafael Devers, why not Devers for MVP? Yeah, I think that'd be an interesting pick. It's really, I'm very interested to see what Correa is going to do returning to Minnesota um, if he's going to be, you know, he's it's the first time in a few years that he knows where he's going to play for the next couple of years. Um, we'll see if he reverts back to his MVP uh, caliber player. Um, and, you know, I can't help but think that someone from the, uh, uh, you know, someone from Toronto. I'm gonna have Ruth Capulis, who's one of the 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 Saber head of the Toronto chapter, uh, the Saber uh, for the Blue Jays. She's gonna be on this week. I think I'm more optimistic about the Blue Jays than she is. I, she seemed pretty down. I would not be surprised if a, uh, a you know a Chapman or someone like that emerges as a big player uh, for the for Toronto. Um, and or Vlad Guerrero Jr. getting back to it. I think Toronto had a miserable, you know, at a mediocre first half of the season and a very good second half of the season. And I'm very confident that they've shored up their bullpen. Even though Teoscar Hernandez is traded away, I think they're still a solid team. And it would not surprise me if the rising tide of a team that I think is going to have a very good year is could really be. Uh, could help a Vladdy Guerrero Jr. or someone else on the Toronto squad. Yeah, don't forget Dalton Varshow now in the mix, helping out them Toronto Blue Jays. So that'd be kind right. of yeah, to, to bring it in there. All right. In there. And then how about we look ahead to the Cy Young Award race now? I also kind of like Wander Franco at plus 5,000 and Corey Seager at plus 5,000 for MVP as well. But how about the NL Cy Young Award race? Do you want to try to guess number one here, Sully Baseball? Mm. Um... God, I mean, I'll just, I'll just say, I'll just say, um, uh, uh, Scherzer, because I always say Scherzer when in doubt, I say Scherzer, but I, I'm really, my, my heart isn't really into that, uh, but I'll, I'll just say Scherzer. Scherzer's a fun one. He's at number four at plus seven fifty. His teammate Justin Verlander, number three at plus seven hundred. Burns uh-huh. at number two plus seven hundred. Then the favorite is the reigning Cy Young Award winner, Sandy Alcantara at plus five hundred, and Aaron Nola at number five at plus twelve hundred. So Sandy, once again, favorite for the NL Cy Young Award after coming off a fantastic season, and maybe he should be. Why should we not expect it? Should, is it too crazy to expect Sandy Alcantara to look like the best pitcher in baseball by a mile once again? Maybe it is. Well, I, and, and he's a throwback pitcher. He's a he's an ace that pitches like an ace, and 
and that the the team lets him complete his games or at least pitch deep into the games. You know, I mean, I do, I, I've said to you, I think one of the things that is behind pitchers being taken out in the fifth or sixth innings, oh, it could be talking about this stat of like, you know, what, you know, going through the lineup a third time or going through, you know, trying to preserve their arms. I think it's, I, I, I completely believe it's economic. It's economics. You know, ace pitchers get paid more than anybody. So let's not have ace pitchers anymore. Let's have pitchers who go five, six innings. And then a parade of relievers who interchangeable relievers who come through there. Sandy Alcantara, who I believe was the unanimous Cy Young Award winner last year, I, I'm pretty sure about that, um, and deserves to be deserved to be, in my humble opinion. Um, you know, he, he's I loved watching him pitch last year, and you know, yeah, that's as good a pick as any. I mean, I just I I just had this image of you know the the Mets doing well this year I've, I I'm I'm high on the Mets this year and you know Scherzer was uh I don't think he I don't think he ranked in because he was injured for too much of last year I think Scherzer and Verlander have one last it's like a Clint Eastwood film where they like Clinton someone else like well, they have one last score to settle you know he and Morgan Freeman and Unforgiven just one last score and this Scherzer and Verlander who each have won titles away have joined together and we got to win one more title together. And so uh, I'm for that. I would love Alcantara to pitch. Well, I think he's, I think he's a lot of fun. I put uh, I, I, two other ones. I would put high up there. Hmm. Um, I, I would put uh, um, Max Freed. Okay. Is up there probably for Atlanta. At least yeah, Freed, should be. Freed is pretty high. He's at number six at plus 1300. Okay. Um, and you said Corbin Burns is high up there. Yeah. He's number two. Okay, and um, um, I, I I like Kyle Wright of Atlanta. He, I was going to Kyle Wright of Atlanta is someone I like. Uh, I don't, and uh, uh, now I'm going to go. I'm not just trying to kiss Uh-oh. up to you. Uh-oh. I want to. I, I like Say his Zach name correctly, Ga- though. Say his name correctly. Let's Zach hear Zach Galen. <laughs> okay, nope. <laughs> you did it wrong is, again. Is it Gallon? Yeah, Gallon. You always say Gallon. Well, there you go. I mean, you who the hell follows the Diamondbacks? But uh, all right, but I like him. I put him in. I put him up there. Gallon's cool. He's like number eight at plus fourteen hundred. I love the Kyle Wright pick because Kyle Wright. If you want to make some serious cheddar with a futures bet, he's plus five thousand right now. So you oh, good. Make- take that. Yeah. I mean, because. I think he's. I think he's going to be a Cy Young contender. I, from what I saw last year, I thought he yeah. was terrific. He was looked like a Cy Young contender last year. Yeah, and I think absolutely. the other. I think the other pitcher that's tremendous value of plus four thousand <laughs> is the Giants guy Logan Webb. Yep, I Logan also Webb's think he good. has a great chance. Okay. Yeah, but I, I would put. I would. I would hmm. lean more on Kyle Wright than Logan Webb. No offense, okay. Logan Webb's a fine pitcher. Okay. Um, but yeah. Okay. All right, Sully. Okay. Uh, All right. I love, I love Zach Galen though. Okay, no, we're not even going to respond to that one. American League, Cy Young. Let's just move on. Do you want to guess who's number one in the AL Cy Young? I'll give you a hint. He has switched conferences or leagues, whatever he wants. Oh, um, then I'm going to say Carlos Rodon. That's a great guess. Carlos Rodon is he went from, the, went from the Giants to the, to the Yankees. That's a good one. He's number three at plus 1,000, but it's a different guy that moved to New York. Or oh. no, from New York to Texas, I should say. Oh, uh, Jake, Jacob Degrom. Yes, favorite really? for Cy Young. Yes, really. Jordan Fanduel plus six hundred right now. 
Really? Yes. You like that? Is DeGrom? he favored to be in a full body cast? Now, these are contingent on him pitching at least 30 starts, probably. Which he, over how many <laughs> years? I, I, you know, I, maybe three, maybe three. Maybe it's oh a three, young, a three no. year sign. No, Lord. the answer that's no. no. You know, that's going to be no with a capital no. I think that's a terrible bet. If it makes that's you feel better. Bet. The Yankees got the next two at Garrett Cole number two and then Carlos yeah. Rodon number three. Yeah, I would, I would have, I would have put Garrett Cole. My, you know, the my pick for Cy Young at this point, uh, and it's not just because I think he was robbed of the World Series MVP, but I think he's going to step into the role of ace number one pitcher is going to be Framber Valdez. Okay. Framber Valdez, that the the world has opened up. There's no more Dallas Keuchel's, Garrett Cole's, Justin Verlander's. Charlie Morton's and it's now his rotation to lead. No more Zach Grinkies. It's his rotation to lead. And I think he's ready to lead it. And I think Framber Valdez is going to be the American League Sandy Alcantara because he will be the pitcher who's allowed to go deep in the games. The Dusty Baker will trust him. He's gonna have he is gonna be everything, he's gonna be an innings eater, everything that you would want in, you know, he, he was a 200 innings pitcher last year. And had a wonderful season that was only overshadowed by Justin Verlander, who had the lower ERA and one more game. Blah, blah blah blah. Valdez, I don't know where he is on that list. He's my pick to be the MVP. And if I'm shoving any money in there, um, mm. th- that's exactly who I'm picking. Uh, I do like I do like Garrett Cole. Uh, I think he's in a weird way he's underrated. I know that a lot of the sticky, tacky, ticky, sticky, tacky stuff has gotten him. And the fact he's lost some big playoff games has gotten him. He's pitched well for the Yankees. He's a very good pitcher. Yeah. He may not be the great ace they thought they were getting. He's a very good to excellent pitcher. Uh, I like Shane Bieber when he's healthy. Um, and I think he had a good year last year. Um, Alec Manoa, obviously uh had a Cy Young worthy season last year. Dylan Cease had a very good year last year. Not sure how much we're going to look at that. There is another name on here, however, and you got to tell me where he fits on here. Okay. Where's Otani? I knew it was coming. Otani is 6 in this at plus 1200. Would be something if he wins the Cy Young award. And last year, I mean lest we forget last year he pitched very, very well. He had a very low ERA in the two threes. He pitched a lot of innings. You know, his stats were good across the board. Um, he he made because uh, I have it up. He had twenty eight. He had twenty eight starts. He finished fourth in Cy Young votes. Honestly. Yeah. Now imagine if he took uh, one of the people. One <laughs> of the people insane. he was he was behind is Verlander's in the other league. Another mm-hmm. was Dylan Cease. There's no way he's going to have that great a season again. All right. And so next up, it, you know, the one in front of us, Alec Manoa, who I do think is a very good pitcher. And I do think we'll have a very good year. Um, but uh, if anyone's going to win the Cy Young Award, Toronto's Jose Barrios is going <laughs> to win it all. Let's run back that take. Yeah, it's actually shocking to see because you always think Otani, the one thing holding him back in this race is the fact that he doesn't make enough starts, but 28 starts for Otani. 28 starts. That's a lot of starts. So it's like if he can hit 29, there's a realistic shot that Otani does have to win um, the Cy Young Award race. If I'm looking at value, 
I do like Cease at plus 1,000. I do like Manoa at plus 1,000. But the guy you did mention is probably the best value at this list. Framber Valdez is like tied at 10th at plus 2,000 with the Robbie Rays of the world. Now, Luis Castillo is also plus 2,000. Kevin Gosman is also plus 2,000. But the fact that Valdez and Robbie Ray are no. both plus 2,000, Valdez no. should be miles Valdez, ahead of no, Robbie Valdez Ray. is going to have a great year. Valdez is going to have a great year. And uh, by the way, um, Otani made 29 starts last year. Do you know who's not going to make 29 starts in 2023? DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom. That's rough. I don't dislike Jacob DeGrom. I like Jacob DeGrom. And I have so many of my friends who are huge Met fans who say, oh, when he's healthy, when he's healthy, when he's healthy. He should legally put when he's healthy into his name. Okay, of course when he's healthy, he's Jacob freaking DeGrom with a lowercase d. Mm. But most of the time, the D we're talking about is the DL, or I guess yeah. now it's IL. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, if you want to talk, matters, he's not. He's and then he's going to a, a hitter's ballpark in Texas. Granted, it's not the same situation like it was in the old ballpark in Arlington, where that was a launching pad. But still, still, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. Did I mention? I don't see it. Yeah, if you want to talk about win healthy pitchers, Chris Sale plus ten thousand on the Cy Young Award race no, list. No. That was kind of fun. And then one other one that I think is kind of interesting for my betting people out there. If you don't care about players coming off of Tommy John surgery, at plus thirty five hundred, Tyler Glass now is going to have a full season. So maybe you might want. To- I, I like Glass now. I think he's a yeah. good pitcher. I just don't. I, mean, I don't see him as a Cy Young Award winner. But I, you know, I, I. I yeah, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be all right. Do you want to hear the rookie of the year too, real quick? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I those are always so much harder yeah. to pick. We won't guess. Them. Uh, I, do you want? Do you want? Let me let me let me let me make one guess. Can I make one guess? Yeah, just try to guess the favorites. You want to just do that? Um, we'll yeah, I'll do that. Five. Um, I'm gonna say um, what's his name? Um, uh, uh the uh, Hunter Brown. <laughs> I'm okay. saying Hunter Brown of Houston because he was on the team that won the World Series, but now he's going to be a rookie. He's going to have a full slot in the rotation this year. Uh, I think he's going to be the rookie of the year. That's my pick for rookie of the year, mainly because I remembered his name. Okay, that's beautiful. He's at number two on here. So okay, okay. So I'm not, out, I'm not, I'm not out of my tree. No, is, you're is, not. What's his name for? Oh, it's probably what's his name from Baltimore, right? Yes, Gunnar Henderson. Yes, yes. Number okay. One. I'm going to stick with my pick. I'm going to stick with my pick. And then number four and number five is just fun for you because we've got Tristan Cassis of the Red Sox at number four and then the new Japanese outfielder that they signed at number five. So those are kind of fun. Royce Lewis at number three to round out the top five there. So I don't really have a value play for that one. It's harder for me to predict the, to, uh, predict the American League Rookie of the Year. So whatever value you think is good there, I'll ride with that. I might like Cassis of the Red Sox at plus 1,000. Then you want to guess the NL Rookie of the Year favorite, Sully. Or have a Corbin Carroll of the Arizona Diamondbacks. This is really the part the part of the show that we wanted to see and get to and waited for because I just wanted to come up here and talk about how Corbin Carroll is the NL Rookie of the Year, Sully, at plus, and a really fun number, plus 420, Corbin Carroll is the Rookie of the Year. You also have Miguel Vargas at two, Esquel, Tovar three, Kodai Senga of the New York Mets at number four, and then Jordan Walker at number five to round out your top five. Go place your money on Corbin Carroll. He's smashing the Rookie of the Year award. And let me tell you something. Uh, I think he's going to win, too. I think he's going to do great. Um, that being said, if he doesn't win the Rookie of the Year, I think we should give him something. And I think we should give him 
a built bar. Okay. And do you work, Corbin? If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a built bar. We've gone through this. We're almost at the end of the first month of 2023. Are you sticking with your New Year's resolutions? My New Year's resolution was to stop eating badly. And guess what? Built bars, have them, you'll be eating well. Healthy is actually tasty. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. You heard me right. Unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it. I've asked. They wouldn't tell me. But these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. It's even better. They're healthy. 130 calories? I could burn that off recording a podcast. Four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now you don't have to wait to get a box. I used to love getting those boxes in there, but nope, I needed those built bars yesterday. Now I can go to your local Walmart, your local Walmart. I can go to your local Walmart, so look out for me there, or Sam's Club. And go to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of built bars and pick up a four-bar box, cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs. I don't judge. Or you can go to Sam's Club and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. Thank me later, but mainly thank those Built Bars and sing that song. Built Bars, they're still good. Hey, uh, Miller Thomas, let's wrap up today. I want to just talk uh, a quick philosophical question. Mm. We saw the uh, Cincinnati Bengals wet the bed today and uh, lost to Kansas City. Kansas City is going to play the Eagles of Philadelphia. Eagles. So we have a Super Bowl matchup, Philadelphia and Kansas City, which, by the way, is a rematch of the 1980 World Series, the Phillies and the Royals, which, by the way, that's a historically significant World Series because as of this recording, it is the last time the World Series was played between two franchises who had never won the World Series. And that's the only time it's happened in the last 100 years. Wow. Those two teams that have never won the World Series matching up. And it was a classic World Series uh, between the Phillies and the Royals. Only went six games, but there were six thrilling games. I bring that up for this reason. Uh, Kansas City fans are probably going through the roof. Their team's going to the Super Bowl for the third time. Not third time, the third time in four years. Philadelphia fans who saw the Eagles win the Super Bowl a few years ago have their team where they probably have to be favored the way that they've just manhandled their first two opponents in this postseason. If a team of a region wins a championship, does that take some of the pressure off of the baseball team or the other teams in that region to win right away? And I've been wrestling with this because, I mean – I'm a native New Englander. I would give away all the Patriots Super Bowls to see J.D. Drew get a hit off of David Price in the 2008 ALCS. That being said, when I was growing up in Massachusetts, I saw the Celtics win a couple of championships. And that did take a little bit of the edge off of the mule kick to the face that was the 1986 World Series. I know the 2016 World Series was a super gut punch for Cleveland fans everywhere, but it would have been a metaphysical event had LeBron and the Cavaliers not won earlier that summer against the 
against the Golden State Warriors. So do you think that a championship in another sport at least takes some of the air out of the balloon or some of the pressure for a baseball team to win right away? No, sir. I'm saying hell not nah on this question. If anything, it ratchets it up the pressure because when, as a D-backs fan, when I see the Suns in the NBA Finals two years ago, I'm not sitting here saying, okay, now the D-backs don't have to do anything because the Suns were out there winning games. No, I'm saying the D-backs need to go get a taste of what the Suns just had. You just saw the whole state of Arizona come out and rally the Valley for the Suns. I used to go to Suns games during all those years when they weren't making the postseason. And guess what? Those tickets used to be $5. Those stadiums used to be empty. It was easy to go to a Suns game. Now with the winning, Suns Nation was back. They had one of the most raucous crowds in all of basketball. And it's like, as a D-backs fan, I want to take part of that. I want to know what it feels like to walk into D-backs stadium, walk into Chase Field, and it be full of Sedona red jerseys. Not when it's full of Dodgers blue, when it's D-backs for Dodgers. I want to see full of Sedona red. And you don't get there without winning. And so I like it when the other teams are doing good, when the Cardinals are in the playoffs and the and the Suns are in the playoffs because then you look around the valley and you update the standings and you're like wait those two teams are in the playoffs but where are the D-backs why are they not on the same level it actually brings more questions to the D-backs franchise in my opinion as to why they can't be on the same level as the other teams in the valley so if anything I think it ratchets it up the pressure and also just because you're a fan of the Suns doesn't mean you even care about the D-backs. Just because you're a fan of the Cardinals doesn't mean you even care about the sport That's of baseball. True. So there might not be any correlation for fans in general. I mean, I grew up a Red Sox, Lakers, Saints fan. So I like teams from Wait, all Wait, you like the Red Sox and the Lakers? And the Saints for football. So, yes, I, I was at the Saints. <laughs> yeah, okay, the, the Red Sox and the Lakers? Yeah, as a kid, those are my two teams. Kobe Bryant and Big Poppy, those are my idols growing up. Manny Ramirez, I loved all those guys. Hold Kyle on. <laughs> okay. All right, hold on a second. I, just, I, grew up I, I, I lost my equilibrium there for a second. I, I, I thought I was going to. All right, I need to uh, get some smelling salts. Uh, I was not expecting that combination to come out of anyone's mouth at any yep. point. Um, all right, well, do you know what? I, I, I get it. I get it. I do get if you're a tortured fan base, the way that you know Seattle was all those years, of finally you got at least something. Um, but I do, yeah, it, it should ratchet it up. I remember it looked like for a second the Tampa Bay fans had the Stanley Cup champion, the Super Bowl champion, and then yeah. the Rays in the World Series. I'm like, oh, are they going to hit the trifecta in Tampa Bay? They came uh, probably one horrible decision of lifting Blake Snell away from doing that. All right, but it's never a horrible decision to bring Miller Thomas to the show. Miller, tell people where they can listen to your show. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for the show account. Look up Lockdown Dimebacks, folks. Twitter and Instagram. We're on YouTube, of course, as well. So please hit, hit subscribe on the Lockdown Dimebacks YouTube channel. And we're on all your podcasting platforms. And you can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can follow me on my personal account, uh, Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Thanks for making Lockdown MLB your first listen every day. Obviously, make Lockdown Diamondbacks your second listen. Then check out Lockdown MLB Prospects, where host Lindsey Crosby, he's a prospect encyclopedia going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm still reeling from your Red Sox and Lakers thing. Talking about philosophy, winners making picks and Wondering if the Orioles and Rays are really going to go for it. This has been Locked On MLB for the 30th day of January 2023. That's Miller Thomas. I'm your pal, Sully. Let's fist pump for the week. <laughs>